0: Dennis, last week we spoke about the herb meadow sweet and uh, the things, its benefits, particularly for the stomach, but there are other herbs as well. And you'd like to look at three other herbs today which are also good for that area. Uh,
1: the stomach and the gut, the whole of the gastrointestinal tract, is very well addressed by many simple herbs for addressing common complaints of the gastrointestinal tract. We'll look at a few today and uh, follow up on what we said last week about meadowsweet.
0: To NURFM Health Naturally, Dennis Stewart. Well, last week, as we said, we talked about mm, meadowsweet, mm. but three other herbs have also fairly similar benefits.
1: Oh, look, Jane, um, I gave a lot of thought um, to this program today because um, uh, meadowsweet was presented last week as being a, a remarkable herb for the for the stomach, which it is, but not all people... I feel comfortable about taking meadowsweet because, like many foods and, and spices, it does contain a very, very small amount of salicylates. So some of the benefits that we spoke about with reference to meadowsweet, uh, fortunately, they are also available in other herbs with a different chemistry to that of meadowsweet. And the first uh, of the herbs that I want to talk about today as being perhaps an alternative to some degree for Meadowsweet is the remarkable but underappreciated herb, chamomile.
0: Oh, we all know about chamomile we tea. We all do,
1: but but uh, people uh, use chamomile tea as a, a beverage to drink and enjoy, and that's fine. Uh, people will use it frequently as an alternative to ordinary uh, tea and coffee. The uh, interesting thing is that most uh, people... If they think of the uh, medicinal properties of chamomile, think of it more as a a herb to treat insomnia, uh, a herb to make a a pleasant tea out of, particularly to give to children at night who have difficulty getting to sleep. Now, look, I don't dispute the benefit of that, but but that is a very minor uh, indication for the herb. The herb is much, much more medical in its potential. And... uh, chamomile is one of those herbs that works virtually all the way through the gastrointestinal tract because one of its major properties is what we refer to in medicine as being that of an anti-inflammatory agent which asserts that anti-inflammatory action on the stomach wall and indeed on the intestinal wall particularly the large bowel. So a lot of what we spoke about with reference to Meadowsweet last week, uh, its ability to address Uh, inflammation, uh, heartburn, uh, reflux, that could similarly be addressed by the herb chamomile, even when taken as a simple herbal tea. Now, I use the term term there, simple. When we talk about herbal simples, that's an old-fashioned term that's used to describe the use of a commonly used herb, uh, well-known, and being taken usually on its own uh, to address well-known health problems, particularly with reference to chamomile, well-known gut problems. So Meadowsweet was a herbal simple. Chamomile is a herbal simple, frequently administered on its own as a simple herbal tea or an infusion. Now, before we go any further, with reference to chamomile, to get the best benefits out of it uh, medically uh, and and, uh, so that it can assert itself with great activity on the gut, The best cup of herbal tea of chamomile is recommended to be based on two teaspoonfuls of chamomile, dried chamomile, and that to be taken on an empty stomach. So what am I saying? I'm saying people that have tummy upsets, who experience heartburn, who may even experience, if you like, ulcerative symptoms, um, these people who are going to use chamomile, if they are going to use it, would be well advised to take a note of the way in which it's recommended in the European texts, and that is to be taken on an empty stomach based on two cups of the herb, or two teaspoonfuls of the herb, and about three to four cups per day to assert its medical benefits. So a lot of what we said, I come back to this point, a lot of what we said last week with reference to meadowsweet can spill over to the better known and probably more readily available herb chamomile. The the other thing about chamomile is not only is it useful as an anti-inflammatory agent and, uh, and a healer of the gut wall, but it also is very, very useful for addressing things like bloating. And that's a very common symptom that we see a, a lot of. People present with a long history of bloating and, and a lot of wind in inverted commas. Chamomile is remarkable for its benefits in settling the gut down to lessen bloating, uh, there's a lot of explanation on how this is achieved. Uh, none of the explanations are adequate, but we do know that the anti-inflammatory effect must have something to do with it, and the effect on the gut, generally speaking, is to relax it, to, to lessen bloating, to discourage wind, all over overall, a herb to, if you like, regulate of the gut, a uh, pleasant herbal tea with incredibly uh, well-known benefits, particularly in Europe, as a major medicinal. So it's the first and most uh, popular of the three that we want to talk about today, having all the characteristics, you would say, of meadowsweet, without any problems for those that might be a little bit uh, salicylate uh, sensitive, none of those problems with cabomile, and take it as a pleasant herbal tea, That's great. But again, if you have mild functional conditions of the gut, try chamomile for that as well.
0: Health naturally. And we're talking about three herbs Mm -hmm. and the first of those being chamomile. Two more to go, counting down. Health naturally on 2NURFM. Dennis, you are talking about uh, some herbs that are very good for the digestive system. Absolutely. Talked about chamomile and chamomile tea. Mm -hmm. What's your next herb?
1: Well, I'm going to talk about one of my most favourite herbs, which is a a lovely, gracious garden herb called lemon balm. And um, I am particularly interested in talking about lemon balm today because uh, if we look around, uh, we will see a lot of blossom. And at this time of the year, that blossom encourages the bees to become very active, uh, so active that at this time of the year, with so much blossom, the warming of the weather, uh, many listeners may well have seen uh, swarms of bees uh, taking off. Now, my reason for talking about lemon balm this morning is that uh, when I arrived home the other day from two days uh, away, being with my dear wife and my daughter and the, her family up in, uh, up in Foster, uh, when I arrived, um, the gentleman at the back of me, a delightful neighbour, came to the back fence, and i just got out the car, basically, and he said, oh, words to the effect of, oh, uh, your bees have swarmed. And sure enough, they're hanging on the orange tree, and let me just say to listeners, bees love orange blossom. They literally go berserk. They're like drunken sailors, except that it seems also to accelerate their interest in having a go at you. But it really turns them on um, to... to, uh, to do their job of of making honey. So I actually went and collected the swarm. Now, let me just say, uh, I said I was going to give a preface to the herb lemon balm, but it would be also appropriate to say if listeners uh, see a swarm of bees, they're usually hanging from a tree or uh, some other inappropriate places. Don't do anything crazy like trying to hose them or, or uh, stupidly attack them. The best thing to do the best thing to do is to ring up the local beekeeping association, or even look in the phone book you 'll frequently find in the phone book under bees the names of people that will come and collect swarms. Swarms are very docile, very docile indeed. people think, oh, you know swarm of bees they 'll sting you to death at this at that stage, unless you do something stupid to them uh, they 're very docile. I was able to uh, shake a fairly large swarm of bees into a bucket just like that hmm. and then tip them into, in, into, into a box. So if you see a swarm and you, if you keep your eyes open, it's likely you will with this weather, um, just go to the phone book or if you know a beekeeper around about the place, contact them. Most beekeepers would be happy to come and gather the swarm because a swarm of bees is a very expensive commodity. You buy a, a nucleus of bees today, you're looking at a couple of hundred dollars. Right. So that's the first thing to do is realise where we're at seasonally. If you see a, a swarm, don't panic. Don't attack them or do anything stupid. Even if you don't do anything, in most cases, they will take off and find a more convenient place. But getting back to uh, having rescued uh, that uh, swarm from my dear neighbour's backyard, I found out by from my neighbor and subsequently from my daughter uh, who Rachel who also she and her husband are professional beekeepers that they had been to my, to my home and the, while we were away they had collected three swarms from the bees. Mine right. was the fourth one to it. Anyway, that's by the way. So now, that was
0: your bees thinking they wanted to go somewhere else for a holiday.
1: Well, that's a nice way of looking <laughs> at it, Jane, but basically it was a competition in the hive, I think, but right. never mind. Now, uh, lemon balm uh, is botanically known as Melissa officinalis and, and meld uh, is, is a Latin term from what I understand, which means essentially honey or sweetness, so lemon balm, Melissa officinalis, was in fact uh, recognized very early, probably by the early Greeks, as being one of the most useful uh, wayside herbs to encourage uh, the bees and honey gathering. And as far as, I'm, as, far as I know, there would be few uh, herbs, uh, aromatic herbs, Uh, This is an aromatic herb. When we talk about an aromatic herb, we're talking about a herb that usually contains an essential oil and a very fragrant essential oil. Lavender's an aromatic herb. Rosemary's an aromatic herb. Lemon balm is an aromatic herb. And when it's in blossom, you uh, would be battling uh, to get past uh, a bush of it. There would be so many bees on it. And it's one of those, I think I've mentioned on this station before, it's one herb that, in my opinion, should be planted wherever human beings are, <laughs> because round the house, it's fragrant. It will also have the effect of helping feed the bees. I apologised to my dear neighbour at the back fence the other day when I said, oh, look, um, I- I'm sorry that, uh, you know, they've landed in your backyard, which they've frequently done before. And he very, very sensibly and kindly said words to the effect, look, Don't worry. I want my kids to grow up with bees still in existence. Mm. I took that as a very, very civilised way of it. So wherever possible, I encourage listeners, go to your nursery, go, go there now and get some little plants of lemon balm. Put it around the place because that will encourage bees to linger around your garden and your garden generally will benefit from it. Now, the other intriguing thing we took before we talk about the medicinal properties of lemon balm is that most beekeepers know that if you smear the inside of a bee box, that will discourage swarming.
0: With lemon balm?
1: With the leaves of the lemon balm. The leaves balm. of the
0: lemon balm, Yeah, just,
1: just the fresh leaves, smear it on the inside. What well, I mean, there's no guarantee, but it is known to have a settling effect right. on the hive. And there's a bit of an explanation for that. Because, as we'll see in a moment, lemon balm has some gentle sedative characteristics. It tends to make people and bees a little bit happier, so there's less likely for them to go mad. So if you're a young or starting beekeeper, take that on board. Smear your bee box before you put your bees in it. That has an encouraging effect, I believe, and the literature supports it, on stabilising the hive just making it a little bit more docile and less likely to take off at the drop of a hat. I've said too much <laughs> on that, but now we're we'll looking at some of its characteristics properties. medically.
0: Health Naturally is the program. And just before we get on to the medical properties of lemon balm, Dennis Stewart, uh, Greg from Mudgie, he's interested in getting some meadowsweet seeds mm. and has been trying to get them, but... Um,
1: Hasn't, hasn't been able to found
0: any yet. Greg,
1: because um meadow sweet is not, uh, how can you call it, a big seller, uh, the demand for it at a popular level would be very, very minor or very moderate indeed. So I can understand your difficulty in getting hold of the meadow sweet seeds. I have a, a catalogue at home of companies um, in Australia and indeed from around the world that supply. Uh, how can you call it, unusual plants, particularly herbs. Uh, I sourced this information years ago when I was interested in growing echinacea and growing herbs like golden seal. Um, Off the top of my head, Greg, it would be, uh, I couldn't recommend off the top of my head uh, the company to see, but um, if you were to contact the station again, I would be happy to take your telephone number and contact you, Uh, when I locate the catalogue material that I know I have, which sets out where to get some of these unusual herbs. Although I'm a little bit surprised that you haven't been able to source meadowsweet because it's not as unusual as some of the others. I will seek to help you, but again, I come back to the point. Uh, If you're listening, uh, Greg, contact the station. They will give me your telephone number and I'll talk to you off air. Um, uh, and try to help you, uh, give you a few addresses of either local suppliers. I have an idea that one local supplier is in fact based in Western Australia, and, uh, but I'll, I'll source that information for you. Contact the station, they'll give it to me, and I'll ring you.
0: Thank you, and thanks for your inquiry too, and uh, we hope to hear from you. Sal will take your number Mm. if you ring. Now, Carol rang in from Dora Creek. Now, Uh she's also not on the line. Uh Her phone must have dropped out too, but she's asking about uh, chamomile and how much is two teaspoons. How does it compare with a tea bag? uh,
1: That's a good question, Carol. um, When we use the term two teaspoons, what I mean is a fairly rough and ready way of of doing it. I think if you're using tea bags, which I would suggest you use, um, two tea bags would be adequate, in my opinion, to meet the requirement of two teaspoons if you're going to use the herb in a medicinal way uh, to address, say, upper gut conditions, uh, a bit of heartburn, a bit of inflammation there. So, two teaspoons. Uh, in my view, would be represented by two tea tea bags. Uh, But keep in mind also, if you're going to harness the potential benefits of of chamomile, um, make sure that you're using that that recommended level. And also, as I said earlier on the program, make sure ideally you're taking it uh, between meals, say before breakfast, then before lunch and before dinner at night. The German information suggests that it is better taken on an empty stomach to get the benefits of the herb on the gut wall.
0: And thanks for your call to NURFM mm. and Lemon Balm and Here we its go. medical Here we properties, go. Here we Dennis. Go.
1: Well, look, again, it is quite a remarkable herb. Um, I, people say, oh, you keep saying that. <laughs> well, look, uh, the longer I stay in herbal medicine... Uh, the more remarkable herbs become to me. That's uh, that's a true statement. Uh, this herb, which has been around for a long time, well known by the Greeks. The Greeks were great herbalists and great healers. In fact, and uh, herbal medicine profession goes right back to the to, to the Greeks. But lemon balm has made its reputation in herbal medicine as being a simple, that is, a herb tea. If you like, take it on its own. Although it can be taken in other forms, but a simple preparation is a herbal tea or an infusion, as we call it, particularly where you have what you might call nervous stomach conditions. Now, people say, now, what do you mean by that? Uh, I I always relate it to uh, a lot of patients that I've seen over the years, particularly younger people, who, uh, approaching things like the uh, high school certificate examinations, find uh, that there's a lot of anxiety and their stomach rumbles. They sometimes get a little bit nauseous in the morning before school. It is all an anxiety-based condition. There are few herbs, few herbs that can compete with the quite big effect of Melissa officinalis, lemon balm, on such a troubled stomach. It's known, we, we in the older days, it's a term that I still like using, used to refer to a condition called nervous dyspepsia. Yes. It's a good term, although these days you don't hear much of it spoken about. Basically, it's a, it's a condition where it's all functional. It has a lot to do with anxiety, a nervous condition which implicates the stomach, uh, where even a bit of nausea or vomiting can be associated with it. I've found over the years that that is a herb that stands up to the reputation that it has been given. It's very, very safe. It has what we call anxiolytic characteristics. I hate using these trendy medical terms, but anxiolytic means it basically dissipates or reduces the level of anxiety and subsequently has what we call a stomachic benefit. That's a benefit on the stomach and the whole of the gastrointestinal tract. So, uh, whereas... The chamomile was a useful herb to address conditions such as heartburn, reflux, and even some levels of ulceration of the stomach. It's used that way in Western Europe, particularly in German natural medicine. With the lemon balm, it's much more a herb. Let me come back to it again, to use for a troubled stomach. Individuals who internalise a lot of their stress and anxiety, and as a result of that, They experience nausea, rumbling, tummies, and sometimes even more embarrassing conditions. So uh, lemon balm is the herb to think of as a herbal simple to address a troubled, anxious stomach. But interestingly, some of the newer findings on lemon balm, and uh, in our profession, we frequently receive information circulated by some of the herbal companies. And a herbal company that I've had a lot to do with over the years, the herbal extract company, uh, they put out excellent information for all practitioners and in one of their latest um, sheets of information, a very good article was written by their technical writer on um, a lemon bar, particularly with reference to its ability to address insomnia. Now, insomnia basically means uh, trouble getting to sleep or even staying asleep. The interesting thing is that A recent trial, a 15 day study, evaluated the efficacy of lemon balm on volunteers who were undergoing considerable stress, who had mild to moderate levels of anxiety, and subsequently disorders of sleep. They had trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep. The primary outcome of that showed improvement in the symptoms of anxiety. 70% reduction in the experience of anxiety and about an 85% improvement in sleep, sleep patterns, ability to get to sleep and the ability to stay asleep. Now, we're not saying that it is a big, powerful uh, sleeping medication. In herbal medicine, that's not usually achievable. What we're looking at is a very, very safe and pleasant herb to take for people again who are experiencing anxiety and who are having difficulty getting off to sleep, a warm cup of lemon balm tea prior to going to bed, perhaps laced with honey, may be a good way of having a better night's sleep and indeed getting off to sleep. So look at the remarkable possibilities of the lemon balm.
0: Lemon balm. Well, Julianne, uh, has rung in from Floraville, and you've got a question about a use for lemon balm as well, Julianne. Yes, it's not really a use. It's more that I want to take um, lemon balm, mm-hmm. and I don't have a great need for it, yes. but um, because I have a thyroid condition, yes. I was advised not to take it.
1: Okay, and whoever advised you to do that gave you good advice because, yes. because the, there are a number of herbs... That will influence uh, the thyroid for better or worse. Um, if you uh, have a, a thyroid condition, um, particularly a hyperthyroid condition, and if you are being uh, treated by your doctor or, or specialist, if you were to take uh, lemon balm, it could augment or um, how can you call it, call it interact uh, with your thyroid treatment to the extent that it could confuse somewhat of the readings that uh, you you could be given lemon balm lemon balm is one of the uh, herbs uh, there are others perhaps even more active than lemon balm uh, one well-known uh, doctor who writes popularly for the public uh, mentioned um, One herb, I'll not mention it on radio because people will perhaps race off and get it and think that it can cure their thyroid. It can't, but the writer did mention that for mild levels of hypothyroidism, this um, particular herb, I will mention the name, Lycopus Virginicus, commonly known as bugleweed, uh, has a reputation also of being able to, uh, to some degree, influence the thyroid, particularly hypothyroid conditions. I say to patients who are keen to go down this pathway, look, uh, you are much better, in my opinion, to work with your doctor, with your endocrinologist, because these days a thyroid management is so much uh, more refined, very well controlled, and unless the condition is very, very, very minor and you have a therapist that knows how to use herbs in this way, my advice to all listeners is with reference to the thyroid, follow the mainstream. But your point is a good point, Julianne. Whoever gave you that advice, by the way, was it your doctor?
0: No, I'm a naturopath.
1: Okay, well, your naturopath.
0: I am medicated. I have been medicated good. for years. Good. on um, good, yes, by good. I'm a doctor, yes. but um, I, I was just wanting to take lemon balm because of all of its wonderful attributes, okay. and I love it. Well, I love it as a team. Well, let, let,
1: let me just come in there and, and perhaps uh, put things in a little bit better perspective. If you were to use lemon balm medically, uh, you would be using it in, in a concentrated form, and you would be using it regularly to achieve an objective. The occasional, let me point this out, the occasional cup of lemon balm tea, in my opinion, would have no impact whatsoever on the thyroid. That's vastly different from deliberately using the herb uh, with the attempt to influence uh, your thyroid gland. So if you enjoy a cup of lemon balm tea uh, now and then, go for it. That, in my opinion, would be most unlikely to interact with anything that the, your good doctor's doing. Oh,
0: well, that's good to know because yes. it would, would only be occasionally. Well, so... you're fine.
1: You're fine because, look, come back to the point just with chamomile. Many people use it as a pleasant herbal tea. That's fine. But there's also a, a significant medical way of using it where the use of the tea would be taken much more regularly. It stipulated dosages for a longer period of time. Similarly, with this remarkable herb, if one was using it, Uh, Medically, one would use it regularly in stipulated dosages, probably not as a herbal tea, but uh, the other point is taken as a, a common pleasant enjoyable herbal tea, I see no possibility of that influencing the thyroid. That's my opinion.
0: Excellent. Oh, yes. You've cleared that up for me then. Thank you very much, okay, Dennis. Okay, good on you. And thanks for your call, Julianne. This is Health Naturally on 2NURFM. Dennis, we've still got one more remarkable herb that we're going to talk about oh, today. okay. And 2NURFM's Health Naturally, Dennis Stewart Discussing three great herbs for digestive disorders, Dennis Stewart. Mm. and uh, we've talked about uh, uh, chamomile, we've talked about lemon balm, and the third
1: herb. <laughs> probably the most probably the most popularly uh, used herb, and probably the best well-known herb, and that is the common peppermint.:
0: Ah. Uh,
1: and in fact, there are a number of medical and pharmaceutical preparations in the marketplace that are based on peppermint, because peppermint, uh, again, is one of those aromatic plants. It's an aromatic herb. i go over that point for the sake of listeners. An aromatic herb is a herb that has a uh, pleasant uh, smell, uh, usually associated with what's called an essential oil. Peppermint oil is the extract of peppermint, but using peppermint as a herb, one can get the same benefits Uh, As using the oil, if the oil is being used, it has to be used rather cautiously. Now, let me just say something here that's frequently on my mind. Uh, It's very popular today uh, to be able to purchase from various outlets uh, quantities of the oils of various herbs. Uh, Oil of peppermint. Uh, I use it myself make uh, some preparations. Uh, Lavender oil. uh, Thyme oil. Now, this is fine. That's fine, but let me just say, and I, and uh, say this quite seriously, um, when used um, cautiously and wisely, the isolated aromatic herb is, is, is very safe. But an isolated uh, essential oil or aromatic constituent from some of these herbs can be very, very, very toxic. A teaspoonful of thyme oil, for instance, uh, could... Um, be exceedingly dangerous indeed, more dangerous than what people think. Now, I'm not in any way at all putting down the, the possession or the having or the using of essential oils, but listeners, be very cautious. Make sure that if you have little bottles of essential oils, whether it be peppermint or lavender or thyme, uh, make sure that they're kept well away from children because if children were to swallow a significant quantity of any of these, it could be a very, very serious outcome indeed. I wanted to make that, uh, that statement known. Some people ha- have a rather naive view that, that all herbs are perfectly safe. All herbs are safe. Nothing is perfectly safe. And when we extract a herb and isolate its major chemical, whilst that chemical can be used wisely and sensibly, by persons in the herbal medicine and pharmaceutical profession, they can be problematical when used unwisely at the lay level. Now, getting back to peppermint. Uh, peppermint has made its reputation uh, primarily as an anti nauseant. Now, what do we mean by an anti nauseant? Peppermint uh, is a herb that can reduce uh, the tendency to vomit. And uh, in hospitals, previously, maybe today, I'm not sure whether it's still used today, but peppermint water was a fairly popular uh, preparation to have in the wards uh, given to uh, people who, subsequent to a medical procedure, maybe involving anaesthetics, experienced significant levels of of nausea. Peppermint water uh, was a well-known preparation uh, that would subdue the nausea and the tendency to vomit. Peppermint water is a standard pharmaceutical preparation that can still be manufactured, certainly by a compounding pharmacist, and very safe indeed in that form. But as an anti-nauseant, there are few herbs, very, very few herbs, that can compete with its safety as a means of quieting down the attempt to vomit. And vomiting can be associated not just with the after-effects of a procedure, but can also be associated with, with pregnancy. So something like uh, one or two cups of peppermint tea per day might be useful also to subdue some of the, uh, the morning sickness that mm-hmm. many ladies experience. Quite a few herbs have that characteristic uh, of doing that. Ginger, for instance, is popularly used also as a means of quieting down some of the symptoms of, uh, of morning sickness. However... One area where it is quite active, very active indeed, is in settling down what what I call a grumbling gallbladder. Now, what do we mean by mm-hmm. a grumbling gallbladder? We're talking about a gallbladder that um, is active. In other words, the patient may periodically experience episodes of what we call cholecystitis, and uh, the 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 gallbladder becomes uh, moderately inflamed and as a degree of pain and spasm associated with it.
0: I believe it's really one of the worst pains It too. is
1: indeed. It is indeed. Now, under no circumstances am I saying, look, if you have serious gallbladder problems, uh, uh, treat it yourself, don't do that. But it is wise to know, it is wise to know that in gallbladder conditions uh, that are characterised by, by spasm, And particularly, uh, how can you call it, in those waiting periods before a procedure can be undertaken, it's useful to know that peppermint has mild sedative characteristics on what we call the grumbling gallbladder. mm,
0: So, so yes, keeping you nice and calm with what's going on.
1: And and your pharmacist would have a preparation um, that is, uh, again, popularly available over-the-counter for handling what we loosely refer to as some of the symptoms of irritable bowel syndrome. Very popular preparation. I won't mention brand names, but the pharmacist would stock it. It's very popular, and it does work. It's a preparation based on the essential oil of peppermint in a convenient, takeable form. It's useful to know for people that experience some levels of irritable bowel syndrome that there's a remedy there that can also ease some of those symptoms, a a functional symptom, uh, and very, very harmlessly, in my opinion.
0: So this is different from peppermint tea.
1: Okay. You could still achieve some of the benefits of peppermint tea, but this particular preparation bypasses a lot of the digestive procedures. And to, to put it crudely, if you like, bursts open in in the in the in the in the bowel where it's needed to burst open to have its effect we're taking a herbal tea by the time the constituents got down there after having passed right through the gastrointestinal tract the amount of benefit that you get might be fairly limited whereas when you take the oil in a protected form it bypasses a lot of the digestive chemistry reaches the gut where it's needed bursts open and has the medicinal effect.
0: Right, so it gets more... Into the target zone. Yeah, into, into the, the targets. target <laughs> Right. So, but,
1: but look, it, it's, it's a great, great herb, and I think what we've been saying today is that these simples, so that's what I call them, these simples, well-known, common, generally very safe herbs, can be taken pleasantly as a tea to enjoy, uh, but outside of that have a tradition latent in European history goes right back to the Greeks of having also profound possibilities at a medical level.
0: It's excellent. So that's been three herbs mm. in our last little while, few seconds really. Thank you for that, Dennis Stewart. Well, it was worthwhile, wasn't it? Some good questions too. And also thanks to Yvonne who rang in with... A, a seed company and a number of that, so the phone number for that, and Greg has that now. Isn't that so good? So excellent. Thank, thank you, thank you, you very evil. much. That's it's great. So wonderful to tap yes, into everybody's indeed. knowledge, lovely, isn't it? Lovely. And that's Health Naturally for today. Thank you, Dennis Stewart. Thank you, Jane. And we'll talk to you again next Friday after the midday news on 2NURFM. New
1: Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle.